The following is a reflection on the readings for the memorial of Saints Timothy and Titus. The first reading is taken from Titus chapter 1, verse 1 to 5. The responsorial is Psalm 96, and the gospel is Luke chapter 10, verses 1 to 9. In today's gospel, there is a problem that Jesus brings to the table. The harvest is plentiful, but there are too few laborers to bring it into the storehouse. The solution? Prayer. First and foremost, Jesus says, Ask the Lord of the harvest for more laborers. This is the key to evangelization, prayer for vocations, not just priestly and religious, but also the married state and the lay apostolate, that each person may take up their baptismal vocation of sharing in Christ's ministry of priest, prophet, and king, that is, as priest, offering our bodies as living sacrifices in loving service to others, holy and pleasing to God, as prophet, to have the word of God so deeply embedded in us that it shapes our worldview in every detail, as king, that we exercise authority over our thoughts, words, and actions, giving prime place to a well-ordered intellect directing our will and passions to the good. Notice in today's gospel, Jesus sends out seventy to every town and place where he intended to go. They were to prepare the hearts of the people to receive Jesus, similar to John the Baptist. Earlier in Luke's Gospel, Jesus called twelve apostles and sent them out with a unique authority. Their mission was primarily to begin the regathering of the twelve tribes of Israel into a new community. Jesus would ordain them at the Last Supper to confect the sacraments. Now, in today's Gospel, Jesus sends seventy disciples. Whereas the number twelve represented the twelve tribes of Israel, the number seventy represents the table of Gentile nations in Genesis chapter 10, and the seventy who assisted Moses in Exodus chapter 18. Here is anticipated the active collaboration of the ministerial priesthood and lay people, who together are called to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to the whole world. That Jesus sends the seventy out in pairs is instructive for us today, who are tempted by the culture to act alone as individuals. Jesus knows the power of communion, believers who support one another in the mission, who will pray for each other, hold one another accountable, and complement the other's charisms. For as he says in the next verse, quote, Go on your way, behold, I am sending you like lambs among wolves. End of quote. There will be opposition from hostile forces who want to quash the mission. Adversaries of Christ are to be met, however, by believers who are not only alert, but also respond in love and kindness, which can be the first important step in conversion. Further instructions by Jesus to not bring many material possessions and to greet no one on the road so as to get distracted points to the urgency of the call and the single-minded devotion to the task at hand. Turning to our first reading, we see once again this theme of complementarity in mission between the ordained and lay vocation of discipleship. In the letter to Titus, Paul leaves his protege, Titus, behind in the large Mediterranean island of Crete to build on the foundation by ordaining priests. 
This Gentile Christian was a bishop, most likely ordained by Paul, and we thus see, already in the New Testament, the hierarchy of the church in operation. Thus, the apostles' mission of teaching and sacraments can be passed on to successors so that the early church be stable and fruitful. In the letter, Paul gives Titus advice in leadership as a bishop that the community he leads be well formed to evangelize the pagan population toward conversion. Quote, but as for you, teach what benefits sound doctrine. Bid the older men be temperate, serious, sensible, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Bid the older women likewise to be reverent in behavior, not to be slanderers or slaves to drink. They are to teach what is good, that the word of God may not be discredited. Show yourself in all respects a model of good deeds, and in your teaching show integrity, gravity, and sound speech that cannot be censured, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say of us. End of quote. In the alternate first reading from Second Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 to 8, St. Paul likewise encourages Timothy, who was the first bishop of Ephesus, to continue his ministry in the Holy Spirit. Quote, For this reason I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and self-discipline. Do not be ashamed, then, of testifying to our Lord, but take your share of suffering for the gospel in the power of God, who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not in virtue of our works, but in virtue of his own purpose and the grace which he gave us in Christ Jesus. End of quote. We also see once again the important doctrine of handing on the faith, that is, sacred tradition, elucidated in chapter 2, of first timothy quote, you then my son be strong in the grace that is in christ jesus and what you have heard from me before many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also End of quote. notice that timothy who is a second generation christian is given the authority to hand on the apostolic faith that he had heard from paul to the next generation of the faithful Thus, the sacred deposit of faith is both protected from misinterpretation and handed on to every generation, including our own. How marvelous that we can have the assurance of the truth that brings peace of conscience in this age of relativism. Also important was how Timothy received the faith as a child. Our reading tells us that the faith was first lived in Timothy's grandmother, Lois, who passed it on to his mother Eunice, who passed it on to Timothy. It is clear that the family was the fertile field where faith was born and nurtured. This is why the family is rightly called the domestic church, and its role is essential. As St. Pope John Paul II stated in his Apostolic Exhortation on the Family, number 52, quote, the future of evangelization depends in great part on the church of the home, end of quote. In this domestic church, the spouses symbolize and effectively make present the grace-giving love that Christ has for the world, not only to each other through the sacrament of marriage, but to their children and the community as a whole, 
It is important, therefore, that all Catholic families develop a spirituality of marriage and family life with an emphasis on evangelization so that the next generation will be prepared to live and defend the faith. Only when these two aspects of the Church, that is, the ministerial and the domestic, work well together and fulfill their unique roles will the gospel be well proclaimed. The ministerial hierarchy and the lay apostolate need each other now more than ever. May we encourage one another through our prayers and offerings, making use of our particular charisms, including our time, talent, and treasure for the building up of the kingdom of God. Let us pray. O God, who adorned Saints Timothy and Titus with apostolic virtues, grant through the intercession of them both that living justly and devoutly in this present age we may merit to reach our heavenly homeland. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God for ever and ever. Amen.